Thanks for joining us, for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings, for recordings of our podcast, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joe Colon. And I am Elliot Crawford. And I'm Dave McMurray. Howdy, howdy. Hey, well, we're, we're recording at a little bit different time today, so we're missing some people. And uh, my kids are more active. Yeah, so mine too. Enjoy the background noises. Uh, Elliot's recording from a hotel room. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. And, my Apple, and so. my Apple camera does not zoom in, so you get to see everything. So. Ah, <laughs> nice. Well, I have some I have some chopping and editing features here, so okay. So we we've, we've got it a little bit, but we're we're all over the place today. But we didn't want to miss another week. We took uh, unexpected two week break, and so now we're uh, we're on week three. And we couldn't couldn't not do it. So had to do it. We're in the book of Daniel, which we I guess technically haven't talked about, huh? We well I guess we talked about it one time. Mm, mm-hmm. We did the introduction sermon. We talked about that, mm-hmm. but that was actually Jeremiah right oh, yeah. back then. Jeremiah twenty nine. We didn't even talk about Daniel zero. Daniel zero. Daniel zero. Well, well, we're in Daniel three now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's in our series "What to Do When the World Falls Apart." Mm. And this week, you talked about fire. Mm. Preached a fire sermon. That's what the kids say these days, right? Fiery, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't think I saw any of those sermon. fire emojis, but I don't know if they have those on uh, on Facebook. I, I think they do. Okay. If you didn't get fire emojis, That's then sad. now I'm. Mm, mm, mm. So sad. Well, <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, man, I wish I had a noise canceling setting, but good times. Well, maybe, good I can't, times. maybe you can do I can't it hear anything in your house if it makes you feel better. Yeah, me either, brother. Okay, well, yeah. if you guys can't hear it, then surely Facebook and YouTube can't yeah. hear it either. <laughs> uh, well, this week's sermon was Walk Through Fire, mm-hmm. like I said, from Daniel chapter 3. Um, and, well, before I get to that, I'll just say your three main points were don't be surprised by fire, mm-hmm. speak truth to fire, mm-hmm. and meet the Savior in the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this story... Uh, in Daniel chapter 3 is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, I think most people probably know this story, but maybe mm-hmm. uh, a little background for it, Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty famous. It's Sometimes it's called the three Hebrew children. I think that's like some of the, I think there's like a song that's got that phrase in it. Mm. Or the King James translates it because the word is youth. So it's probably more like teenager, but some translations and some songs and some pieces of popular culture call it the three Hebrew children. It's about Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Rack, Shack, and Benny, as they are called in the VeggieTale <laughs> version. And, Benny. and they're commanded to bow down to a golden image, uh, whether of Nebuchadnezzar or of some god he wants them to worship in his name, and they refuse. They remain faithful to God, and they get thrown into the fiery furnace. Mm. It's scary. Mm. No spoilers, though. He won't tell you what happens after they get thrown <laughs> in. Yes, I'm not going to tell you. But it was seven times hotter than normal, so. Yeah, that's, it that's, seven that's times scary. Pretty hot. Seven. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you started uh, by talking about how this could be, I guess, you gave a trigger warning before your sermon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, there's a lot. Yeah. 
mm. going on in the world. And one of those things is fire all over the West Coast. Mm. Um, and so you talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't say that. Yeah, was really, really, that was really compassionate, Dave. I really appreciated that. Um, well, that my, uh, I appreciate I appreciate the appreciation. I have to pass the appreciation on to Joey because he suggested that I do that. So thank okay. you, Joey. Thank you, Joey. Suggestion. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I appreciate you mm-hmm. recognizing mm-hmm. that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. My old yeah. senior pastor taught me to do that. But sometimes I forget when I did the re- when I did the preach ahead, I, I wasn't thinking about yeah. it. Probably because probably yeah. I wasn't thinking as congregationally, you know, but yeah, Joey suggested I add that in. That was really helpful. It's really good. Yeah. I remember in my preaching class, they kind of told us the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good. Yeah. That's good. Well, it's, it's yeah, I, I was a little torn on it, actually, because mm-hmm. it's hard because it's not really related to the text. You're mm-hmm. just talking about yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, you're talking about going through fire, which trials, and it's somewhat related. Yeah. Um, but really, you talked about fire being a purifier or fire being uh, a judgment on wickedness. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't know. I was I was feeling a little torn because I was like, California fires aren't really like th- that, either yeah. of those things necessarily. But mm-hmm. but it will automatically bring that up in people's Absolutely. brains. So, Absolutely. I felt like we had yeah. to it's the num- talk about The number it. one but, reference for fire culturally right now. So, yeah, that was a really good good catch and uh actually you someone else mentioned it as well i think ruby mentioned it as well and so anyway that was another reason i'm glad i'm doing the preach ahead because that's <laughs> uh y'all are helping me catch some of those things so it's good well interesting info for mm-hmm. you podcast listeners <laughs> i guess but background um absolutely but really in your intro i mean you really did that and i guess you what did you reference? Know, first Peter? Yeah, first, oh, yeah, first Peter 4, I believe. I think that, yeah, that was really the first point. In, in the intro, I set up the fire thing and said, when I, when I say walk through fire as a sermon point, think of it as being a fireman. Like a fireman still mm. knows fire is dangerous, and he's not like happy about fire, but he goes through fire to help, to help people, to serve people. So that was my idea that God sometimes calls us to, to walk through hard things to serve others, and I used... Romans 12 as my initial Mm. connection point of the being a living sacrifice because of God's mercy to us we can be living sacrifices we can offer our bodies as living sacrifices Mm. Mm, it's a good time to firefighters too because they go in knowing the risk Mm -hmm. knowing that you know they could risk everything kind of like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego said you know our God will save us but even if he doesn't Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like that. Yeah, theoretically, a firefighter is probably in some ways more afraid of fire <laughs> than an average. You know, like he he takes it more yeah. seriously. They understand. They understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah the they understand the, the nature of fire. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I was gonna uh, when Kendrick was gonna be on with us. He had told me that your evening sermon versus your morning sermon were basically two different sermons. Wow. <laughs> and I was gonna I was gonna make him call you out and ask what all the differences wow. were but is there i guess my question before we dig into main points is mm-hmm. is there anything that you know you said in the evening that you're like man i wish i could have said that in the morning service um or anything that you specifically cut from the morning I for feel the like evening? all the main stuff was the same but i definitely emphasized some things more i i added you know when i was talking about people 
having gone through fire, I talked about like, it's scary. Like I've stood outside watching my house smoke and seeing the fireman go in. I, I said something like that, I, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the big difference would have been. That's interesting. Did you have different application points it. or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> not really. I was fired up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in the evening service, I was on fire. Like, I was I was excited about what I was preaching and going fast and probably a lot more excited than I was in the morning for, for whatever reason. You know, just felt, yeah, was just kind of gripped by the text more. So that might be that might be the difference. And he he was like sitting on the the front row. You know, we were social distanced, but you know, he's like eight feet away from me. Oh. I don't know if he's ever sat in the front row in our church in the history of his attendance of our church. <laughs> he and his <laughs> wife always sit way in the back. So so that might have felt different too because I was really animated and he was like right there. That's oh, interesting. Wow. We need to have him call in. Could you have him call in to our producer on our call line? Can you call call line number three? <laughs> Well, I've sent him a link, so okay. if he wants to join, he can. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, I had lunch with Kendrick today, mm-hmm. and I meant to ask him, and I forgot. Yeah. But I had it down in my notes, so when I sat back down at my desk, I now see it. But that's all right, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, I left out all my pictures, well, except for Babylon, because I kind of acted out, or Babel, Tower of Babel, I had to kind of explain that and act it out, but. You acted it out, acted out you like, you know, the tower, the tower. Um, okay. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know, man. We'll have to. We hope Kendrick will call in. Kendrick, if you're out there, call in to the show. <laughs> Kendrick's tr- probably busy. He already <laughs> took up part of his morning exactly. trying to do this, and so mm. man's got My man's bad. got a life to My live. Bad. I was so late to that do, I bumped a the family stream. to love. Well, let's let's jump into your points. Your first okay. point was don't be surprised by fire, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which man, I, it uh. I don't know. I guess to me, it feels like, oh, that makes sense. They were in Babylon, you know? Mm-hmm. But like for us, we often just forget that we're still kind of in Babylon, which is kind of what we talked about. I don't know. When did you do that? Daniel zero or Daniel one? You did something related to us being in Babylon now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm hearing echo from one of y'all. I don't oh, know if somebody has a device the TV. On. Hold, hold on. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that's right my question was about sorry, sorry. about not being surprised by fire and oh, that yeah. it seems like it would make more sense for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm-hmm. to not be surprised by it because they were living in Babylon mm, yeah. but how you you talked about already like but remember we are in Babylon mm-hmm. like this is not mm-hmm. home that's yeah, kind of was my question to, or I don't think I connected the dots very well in the morning service I think I did it a little I, this part I think was a little better in the evening service but the point was, don't be surprised by fire. And the exegesis was, Nebuchadnezzar is setting up an image to be worshipped in his pride and telling people to bow down or be burned. And this is kind of a replay of what humans have been doing all along. And I went back to the Tower of Babel. They did this in the Tower of Babel. It's a little bit like what Adam and Eve did when they said, we want God's stuff, but we don't want God. And so, the don't be surprised by fire is kind of like, Man, this is this is what people do. You know, the world has been on fire for a long time. There's been problems. There's been trials because it's uh, the first Peter cross references. Don't be surprised when fiery trials come. Mm. So I don't think I connected those thoughts as well in the morning. I was just like, don't be surprised by fire. And then 
here here's this you know Tower of Babel connection, and Jesus reversed it, and then I went back to don't be surprised by fiery Fire. trials again, yeah. you know, and showed the First Peter application. This is how First Peter tells us to do this, and Peter talks about um, rejoicing in our suffering, and then not suffering for evil, but suffering for, for good. Yeah. And I really tried to hammer on cynicism, so I read a long cut from Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life. He talks a lot in that book about cynicism. And I feel like when people hear the phrase, don't be surprised by fiery trials, 1 Peter 4.12, or from my sermon point, it would be easy for us to shortcut to cynicism like, I just expect the worst, you know? I know, Murphy's Law, everything's going to go wrong. You know, that kind of negativity. And I don't think that's a biblical stance i think we're called to still like hope and pray and press for the kingdom to come mm. and kind of struggle but not be surprised by it so peter's like don't be surprised but rejoice in suffering so i think being surprised would be like being so caught off guard that we think you know the world is ending and we just give up right mm. i think that's a way we would be surprised and so i just really tried to i guess clarify that not being surprised doesn't mean cynicism that that's our, that's a cheap substitute that I, I anyway often substitute a lot mm. in my own my own struggle with sin mm. it could mean i guess uh preparedness almost like being prepared yeah, or, mm -hmm. preparedness being ready yeah yeah be prepared i know that from somewhere be prepared it seems uh, Joey, Dave, Joey what, do you, what do you think mm -hmm. about like when, when you talk about the fire that in both Peter and here, uh, the fire comes after you have really stood up for the, for God. Like, not mm, this idea of like yeah. it, it's just coming. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we're gonna go through trials mm -hmm. externally, regardless. But mm -hmm. these two particular ones really about you standing yeah. up for God. And that's good. Yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but I think that's uh, maybe I might have brought that in a little bit in the next point. But yeah, I think I think when you stand up for God. Expect you, the fire. <laughs> yeah, you put a mark, put a mark on your back. You're right, you're, you're drawing a target on your back, um, and yeah. that's the suffering for doing right, good, right. And not yeah, for evil, exactly. right? Which, yeah, which I do yeah. want to talk about when we get to that point because mm -hmm. I have questions about that. Well, I guess mm -hmm. that isn't this point. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was an application. Was so one. it was like First yeah. Peter four twelve. He says, "Don't be surprised by the fiery trial." And then I was like, "So here's how we apply that: we rejoice." Verse thirteen. And we don't suffer for evil, but we suffer for good, verse 15 mm. and 16. So I kind of pulled my applications of this out of From first Peter. Yeah. So it's kind of like two sermons. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember for sure if it was in in your actual sermon or your preach ahead, mm -hmm. but we you kind of talk about, I guess, Christian suffering versus selfish suffering. Did you say that yeah. in your actual sermon? I think so. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, I'm looking at my okay. notes, and that's what my well, notes say. I said something like that. Okay. Well, I have my preach ahead notes and my sermon notes, okay. and I have it in your preach ahead notes, but I didn't have it in my sermon yeah. notes. Okay. And I was just wondering if you could tell us more about mm -hmm. what non-self-inflicted suffering looks like. And I mm -hmm. guess, you know, it's easy to say suffer for good mm -hmm. and not for evil, but where do we draw the line, or how do we even know if we're really suffering mm. for good instead of suffering for evil when we're suffering? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I probably hammered more on the don't suffer for evil. So I was like, if you, so he says, don't suffer as a murderer, don't suffer as a thief, don't suffer as an evildoer, don't suffer as a meddler. So I kind of ticked off those four and was like, you know, if you're suffering as a murderer, you're, 
you're killing someone who gets in your way because you don't trust that God will take care of things. So you have to take matters into your own hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of tried to tick that off with each way that we might suffer for evil. Uh, a thief, you know, you're taking things because you don't trust God to take care of you. The evildoer, you you do what God has told you not to do mm-hmm. because you don't trust that God is a God of goodness and grace and joy. You think he's an ogre that overreaches and ruins the world, you know. And then the the uh, last one is meddler, which is like an overseer of other people's business. And that one is busybody. Uh, busybody. You, you, you feel like you can't trust Jesus to care for you and take care of your affairs or other people's affairs. So you, you overreach and start taking care of other people's affairs, mm. overstep your jurisdiction, so to speak. Um, again, because you're not trusting Jesus. So yeah, I just left unsaid what the other kinds of sufferings can be, you know, just assuming, man, we, I, th- I don't know, I think I made references. This is where I get mixed up because I make references throughout the sermon and then I don't remember which part it was. But I, I talked about some of the suffering we face being, you know, things like cancer and sickness and relational problems and uh, um, pain and suffering. So I guess those aren't. Those aren't directly suffering for being a Christian, though. Yeah, I didn't really go into it that specifically. Mm. I should cover that more next time. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think through what would that look like in our mm-hmm. in our cultural moment, or just in historically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes it's a fine line between like almost how in modernum time people would just go out to try to be martyred, and that was like shameful. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. actually were martyred just for being mm-hmm. a Christian and not pursuing mm-hmm. suffering, then that was considered like honorable. So I'm trying to think like mm-hmm. in this day and age, sometimes we can go so we can go too far and just mm-hmm. kind of put ourselves out there in hopes to mm-hmm. gain suffering and not just I'm just a Christian. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do these certain things and now I'm being persecuted or, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to think how would that look? Uh, I don't think I can think of historically, maybe it would be MLK. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because he pursued nonviolence. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So you shame someone <laughs> yeah. if you're doing the right thing. And he he did not defend himself or fight. Right. He suffered for trying he to suffered. achieve. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about you opposing the Cuties film. That's a current event. The Cuties oh, film. Yeah. You know, is this film that tries at some level. I don't even think they're really trying to condemn the over-sexualization of young girls because what I've heard is they're just trying to like, quote unquote, start a conversation about it. Yeah, that's the language. <laughs> but, yeah, but they do it, whatever they're trying to do, the way they do it, the means by which they do it is by the over-sexualization of, yeah. of preteen, teen girls. So I'd Ooh. seen you say something about that that you just thought, this is just completely inappropriate. And it's I so read a couple of comments and people were like, that's no, no big deal. It's like, what? Like, uh, yeah, I had got inbox, I got that, inbox but... messages. I got, yeah, I got a lot of fire for that, I guess. But, uh, yeah. but I mean, you guys, I mean, come on. I think of Jesus when he talks about mm-hmm. the kids and his mm-hmm. warning about the millstone mm-hmm. around your neck. I mean, it's thing is serious. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair point. Something is normal mm-hmm. that you do in mm-hmm. everyday life and you're defending Christ. And next thing you know, you get back, you know, you get blasted or, um, yeah, you know, my, obviously this was on social media, but obviously it could be something right. bigger than that, like a, a job or something like that. Or, yeah, 
So it's a small yeah. thing for someone to gripe at you for your right. holy position on social media. It's a bigger thing if you lose your job or <laughs> right, right. if you lose your house or you get death threats. That's a bigger thing. You know, that's more like the kinds of things that happen to MLK yeah. or happen to other people. I've gotten some hate mail over things. I've gotten, yeah, me too. you know, I've had like <laughs> lost friendships or not even deep friends, you know, lost relationships, I guess you should say. Uh, mm. People that get upset because you stand on God's word instead of standing on what the culture says is okay. And you, you know, that's real loss. That's, for me, that's hard. You know, when you lose a relationship or people say you're an idiot for whatever position you take. That, <laughs> so Dave, where's the, where the line fire, between, where's mm-hmm. the line between that type of righteous, uh, you know, indignation or standing up for righteousness versus mm-hmm. being uh, like fair, like a Pharisee and just being, being a fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. And you're not mm. really standing for righteousness, but mainly just like uh, being a moralist or something like that. And it's not really Christ-centered, mm-hmm. but it's more like legalistic-centered. And mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, like, where is that line? Um, especially yeah. in the climate that we are in today, definitely political. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a weird line. I've always tried to figure out, like, where is that line? And, and when you think about it. Yeah, that? It's, it's interesting to me because I feel like with the extremism in our culture, we've got Pharisees on the right and the left. You right. know, we've got leftist Pharisees and, and right-wing Pharisees no doubt, both no doubt, that right. are like, I am righteous because I take this extreme position and you are evil, you know, and it's a kind of external righteousness. Whereas Jesus talked about in like Matthew 6 is the passage I'm thinking of that's real close to where he says, Matthew 5 you know, blessed are those who are persecuted mm. for righteousness. Then Matthew 6, he says, but don't do your righteous acts to be seen by men. And he talks mm. about fasting, praying, and giving alms. He says, so the Pharisees are doing it to be seen by people. You should do it in secret, knowing that your father sees and rewards. It's it's So he seems to be talking about motive and public versus private. Mm. And that gets a little sticky because then, you know, some Christians are like, oh, I should never pray in public then ever. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's true. You know, like it's OK for people to know you're fasting or know you're giving or know you're praying. But that shouldn't be your motive for doing it. So I guess that's maybe similar with standing up for righteous things that, you know, you might get blowback in a social media world where everything is kind of like public image oriented. There, there will be the temptation for us to actually attract negativity mm. as like a mark of our own righteousness, a self-righteousness. Mm. Mm. So that I, I could see that being a, a dangerous, slippery slope. Gotcha. So the way I would say it is just remembering that social media is not real. <laughs> I mean, sure. you can actually communicate to people, but don't, don't live through it, right? Like if you, you say, like right now we're broadcasting us on social media, like we think it's important for people to hear the conversation we're having. We're going to put it out there. But there's this other extreme where people like think that that's all their relationships is through social media. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm saying with that. Well, it's almost like the lens that you see the world is through through what you see on your page. So it's like yeah. So that that's can be reality. Very, very, yes, that can I've be been very trying long. to like just not like I've been looking at Facebook every couple of days, you know, like I've been trying to just like not engage it as much. I watched that uh, movie social dilemma that <laughs> talks about how addictive it is and how, you know, how they engineer it to make it more addictive. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to break, break the, the robots control over my life. You know? <laughs> so I've just kind of been 
dipping in and out and not really connecting as much. Um, Joey, Joe, have you seen that movie? I've not. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I had to watch it yeah. before my before my Netflix finally cancels out. So, <laughs> oh, you can't. You canceled it. You chopped yeah. it. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Have you been threatened with anyone burning your house down or anything for canceling Netflix? Uh, no, uh, we haven't moved no. in yet. So I mean, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> can't burn it down yet. Yeah. No, mm. we haven't. We, no, I just got a lot of yeah. you know kind of like nasty and box stuff and uh, yeah. Yeah, that type of nonsense. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might be taking too long yep, on point yep. one. I, I did want to say, mm-hmm. um, when you talk about expecting a fire, you mostly, you know, or expecting suffering, mm-hmm. really suffering could be replaced with the word fire. Yeah. Um, and you talked about suffering being either judgment on wickedness or purification. Then mm-hmm. it seemed like in your point, you mostly just talked about suffering for wickedness but i guess the purification part would be suffering for good what we've been talking about already yeah and this is something i said in the evening i think i clarified in the evening service it can be both simultaneously you know like the way that suffering burns away impurity in metal Mm. is the same refiner fire thing that the suffering burns away evil in our lives so like it, it can actually be a judgment on the wickedness in our lives that helps us to cling to Christ more carefully. So maybe it's like partial judgment versus ultimate judgment. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's hard, hard to wrestle through. I think it can be simultaneous though. It's, it's like God is judging evil, but he might just be judging this evil habit you have and he's helping you burn down an evil habit mm. and maybe it hurt you a little bit, but you're done with that habit now. And you know, um, yes, so it's, that's good. it's judge. It's like judgment and sanctification. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This uh, brings to mind the fact that he chastens those whom he loves. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because I think that's a confusion in our culture. We believe nothing good can come out of pain. I think that worked to that point in a lot of places in culture. Where it's like, no, that. God's actually kind of wired the universe. And I try to be careful how I say this. Like, as Christians, we don't want to cross the line into saying bad is good and good is bad. You know, like, <laughs> because God can work good through bad things, that doesn't mean we then take the jump and say, so bad things are good. You know, like, we just have to be careful with our language, I think. But we can rejoice in those trials, even if they're bad and wicked and terrible things. We can still rejoice that God can somehow supernaturally sovereignly work through this terrible thing mm-hmm. and use that for his good. Um, and, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say one last thing before Joey move on is that that rejoice mm-hmm. aspect, um, sometimes that can be, I guess, a little bit confusing. Sometimes people can think that means that you should be happy, like literally mm-hmm. like happy, smiling mm-hmm. when you're going through like mm-hmm. suffering is to me, it's like more of an attitude or, or disposition that you have of rejoicing, not necessarily that you don't feel the pain or you're not you're not like um, yeah. sad or upset mm-hmm. or anything like that. But you have this disposition of joy or rejoicing um, that mm-hmm. allows you to get through it. And so a lot mm-hmm. of times, some you know, I've seen people even in, in counseling 
trying to counsel someone else, they can be suffering and they'll just say, well, count it all joy. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, man. Just let me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. that's the bad, that's bad timing, bad timing. <laughs> you got to There's a time for grief, right. mm-hmm. a time for sadness. Right, right. Yeah. Got to go on the journey. Yeah. 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 And that, I guess that time exists within the fact that, um, you you speak truth to it too though mm-hmm. and know that that doesn't last forever Absolutely. right mm-hmm. that that you have a god who saves mm-hmm. god whether it's now or later mm-hmm. right which mm-hmm. is which is really a second point mm-hmm. oh yeah they second say point. he so is good able to save Elliot. us yeah good transition <laughs> he's able to save us and he will save us but even if he doesn't we will not bow down and i really tried to stress that what they were yeah, saying but- is as as believers in resurrection, as believers in God's ultimate reconciling of the world, that's what they meant by he will save us. We all believe in an ultimate healing and we pray for a temporary healing. You know, so if I've got cancer, I believe in ultimate healing. Like I believe someday I'm going to see Jesus face to face and have a glorified body and have, you know, no brokenness any longer and everything will be awesome. And I pray for healing now. You know, I pray for the inbreaking of the kingdom into the here and now. But I trust Mm -hmm. that God's ultimately going to heal me. And that's how I was trying to frame what they were saying. They were like, we know God can't save us. We know God will save us. We live in this in-between time where we don't know if he's going to save us today, but we know he will ultimately save us, you know. Um, So we're not going to bow down. Mm. So (laughs) I have... I have a question, I guess, mm-hmm. similar to that. Mm-hmm. I one time had a, I was sitting listening to a sermon and the preacher was telling this story about a time he had a lack of faith and then, you know, someone called him out on it and he had faith and everything worked out. Mm-hmm. So if, if we, if something doesn't happen in the immediate, does it mean that we don't actually have the faith mm-hmm. that it would happen? Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. It's my question. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, I I think we got to be careful because Jesus clearly says stuff like that. <laughs> but I believe that's been so abused in in Christian circles that I I don't say that. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay for Jesus to say things, but if they're confusing to me and they don't seem to fit the overall flow of Scripture, I kind of take that as an isolated particular, and I'm not going to hammer that. And so Jesus talks about this concept of like, you know, not much faith there, so there wasn't healing, or you know, you're healed because of your faith. And, you know, so he connects it. I just think we want to say it's not it's not a one for one correspondence, and so we want to be careful not immediately looking inward to the amount of faith we have when bad things happen. I think we want to look up to God in prayer. You know, so um, God, is there anything I can do? God, is there anything differently you want me to do? Um, But I feel like there are movements. I think what I'm trying to kind of distance myself from is there are movements that it's all about the amount of faith you have. And if you have the right amount of faith and you're a superhero faither, (laughs) you'll be healed, you know, or you'll have lots of money or you'll have a nice house. And and I think that's, that's where it's falling into the health and wealth gospel or a prosperity gospel. Um. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. Would y'all add any nuance to that? This is that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try to stay away from it too because mm-hmm. the language and it is kind of it is confusing. Uh, but one thing I, I guess I try to reconcile when I think through it is that it's not about it's not necessarily it's not about me. 
Like Jesus mm-hmm. is the one that either commends or condemns the level of faith that we have. Like it's no, I can't. Mm-hmm. There's no measurement that I can that I can do for myself to figure out do mm-hmm. I have enough faith. <laughs> it's only mm-hmm. Jesus is the one that can determine mm-hmm. if you do so by not focusing on that in yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you just live yeah. your life in prayer and obedience, and Jesus will commend you and give you that commendation um, mm-hmm. or you know correct you. And so mm-hmm. it, yeah, so I think the health and wealth gospel makes you like you said makes you look internally. To try to arbitrarily figure out like how much faith you have based on some mm-hmm. empirical thing that never really comes to fruition. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. so it's kind of really weird. But yeah, that, that's that's how I kind of think through it. Just looking outward and not inward. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I was gonna say that I think it puts the focus too much on us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that really is your illustration for your second point is about, um, you know, speaking truth to fire doesn't mean that you're afraid of the fire or mm-hmm. you're afraid of death or whatever right mm-hmm. it was that you mm-hmm. you love god more right you trust that he's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. worth more yeah you're really speaking truth about god to the to the fire the temptation the fearful situation so, you're in you're you're kind of training yourself to speak the truth to scary situations and as we train ourselves to do this we'll be ready for more scary situations was kind of what i was trying to, to build mm-hmm. towards there Knowing that things go sideways. I used the illustration of battle planning and had some army guys in the classroom. You know, it's like, there's this military thing I've heard, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. And that doesn't mean don't plan. It means plan and then be flexible. <laughs> it means plan and then be ready to focus on the mission and what's, what are the main things. And uh, that's kind of how I see it. We, we plan to speak truth by speaking truth to ourselves, by praying, by reading the Bible, by... Uh, practicing, you know, I kind of gave some Christian practices of speaking truth to the false god of wealth and the power of wealth by by being people who are generous and who give, and that kind of trains us. Then, if worst case scenario happens and we lose all our money, we've actually practiced speaking truth to that area of our life. Mm. Ooh, that's good. And then that ends up looking like service, right? That's where you went. Yeah. Next, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Application I don't know points. How, I don't know how if I drove that service part home as well as I meant to. I put it in my notes and then I don't know if I really got there. Um, but yeah, it ends up. Mm-hmm. I think well, it ends. Here's your chance. We end, up, we end up getting there. Yes, we do get there. I don't know how well I said it, but yeah, I think that's, you know, maybe the, the John 13, is it 13? Where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Um, yeah. That's a good practice you know what i mean like giving serving reaching out is like a a good way of telling ourselves this life god has given me is not for me i'm on mission you know like i'm here to going back to the fireman illustration i'm a fireman i'm not a kitten stuck in a tree i'm a fireman (laughs) my job is to is to help rescue people, whatever whatever way God allows me to do that. So I'm going to face danger to and dig fire breaks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes a fireman has to dig a bunch of holes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love all the trenches, I love all the uh, yeah. speak the truth to the false god of this. Speak the truth mm-hmm. to the false god of this. That was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, know, I know you use wealth, comfort, and glory, but it's so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. I'm sure there, it's hard to narrow them down. Options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so many. Yeah. Mm. I like that, though. 
Did, were there any other ones that you feel like you left out, like that you wanted to use? I guess like I know, like comfort and wealth were and glory, obviously a very profound. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess for me, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe this is just for me, but I think uh, mm-hmm. don't speak don't speak truth to the false god of uh, politics um, is mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm. Or even. Country, my oh, na- uh, uh, patriotism. No, no, not patriotism. Yeah. I don't know. Nationalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nationalism. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Tribe. The, those two. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. varieties of that, right? Yeah. Your tribe, your group, politics, nation. Um, yeah. 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 I think you see, probably Galatians, you see that most clearly. You know, there's this debate among theologians about is Galatians more about the false God of moral performance or the false God of like ethnic tribalism. And I thought Tim Keller had a really good insight on that in his commentary. He's like, it's both, both. you know, like there's all kinds of false gods. Yeah. Right. And so those are both ways of trying to earn our salvation. You know, me saying, well, you know, I don't cuss and I help old lazy across the street. (laughs) So I'm saved because of that. (laughs) Or me saying, I'm saved because I belong to the right group and we vote the right way. You know, those are both, you know, false, false ways of meriting salvation. Um, and Paul hammers that pretty hard in, in Galatians. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Last point. Meriting salvation. Meriting salvation. Right, sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can finish earlier than we usually do. I, I just want to say one thing real quick, though. Joy. I love the word yeah. defiance. You know, mm. these are the <laughs> these mm-hmm. examples of what defiance can look like. Man, I love that's that. awesome. Yes, I, I that was my original point was defy the fire. Oh man, but I, I love switched that. it to speak truth because I thought that was a little more like I'm trying to get better at being more concrete. Like practice saying true things <laughs> to mm. these hard situations. Oh, so it won't be so abstract. Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But defiance was what I started with because I Ooh. thought it sounded cool. Yeah. It's like defy the MLK fire. It's yeah. about civil disobedience. You know, yeah. so yeah. <coughs> hmm Well, and it's good suffering, or another way is like to say that I guess would be good trouble, good right? Trouble, that's yes, another yes. Yeah, yeah. Good John trouble. Good one yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good trouble. Mm. That's cool. Good trouble. All right. Well, meeting the savior in the fire. Mm. This is uh the part of the story where they actually do get thrown into the fire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they look in mm-hmm. and see not three, but four. This mm-hmm. is the spoiler that Dave left out. Mm-hmm. Tell us oh, about wow. the four. So three go in and then Nebuchadnezzar like jumps up out of his, his uh, lazy boy chair. And he's like, I thought we threw three guys in there and weren't they bound? Now I see four, and they're unbound, and they're walking around. Like, this doesn't make sense. You can't walk around in a fiery furnace. And the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. Um, So, you know, I mentioned this in the sermon. As Christians, when you hear son of God, you're you're like, oh, Jesus. And and a lot of theologians actually would say that's, they call it a pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah, pre-incarnate Christ. when, uh, When, like, a man form of somebody appears, and they're talking about themselves as Yahweh, Jehovah, that must have been Jesus. And that totally makes sense. I mean, I'm all f- for that. Like, okay, sure. That makes sense. I just, I just don't know that we can really nail it down. Absolutely. Like, like for sure. That's what happened. It might've been an angel. 
But I was trying to say, either way, isn't that awesome to know that God is with you in the fire? You know, like God, your Savior is with you in the fire. Mm. If you're being saved from something horrific, <laughs> you're not you're not going to really quibble over like, was that pre-incarnate Jesus or was that the angel Gabriel? I'm not really sure, but I got saved and that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> right. We do know so it's God. Either way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. either way, that's that's God taking care of you, being with you right. in the fire. And uh, so, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty awesome. And uh, I think we've all had, this is another thing I think I, I pressed a little more with the evening service. We've all had moments where like something amazing happened and we were, it was undeniably a circumstance where it's just easy to say that was God. Like God did that, you know, like a miraculous thing. Maybe not, we weren't burned, you know, maybe not this level of miraculous, but where circumstances just worked out and you're like, God totally led me there. God totally rescued me in that situation. So as those who believe in God's greatness, you know, we always believe that. Like God's always rescuing and showing grace. Mm-hmm. But there are certain circumstances where you just feel it, you know, like, man, those were that was crazy. That was so clearly God's right. hand at work there, you know? And so this is that kind of circumstance where I was trying to trying to help people see though like no matter what, God is with you, you know, even if, if you don't feel it this dramatically, even if you haven't had this level of crazy, glowing dude walking <laughs> around in fire, you know, like most of us don't have those kind of experiences, but we can still know that God is with us. And that, that's what, that's what comforts me. That's, that's what helps me when everything's falling apart. I'm like, okay, no, God, God's with me. God's with me. God, are you with me? Okay, you're with me. That gives a level of confidence, man, like to actually mm-hmm. be courageous um, in your mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then later to remember that fire too, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like often we'll like mm-hmm. go through a fire and then be like, oh, God, God is with me. Like mm-hmm. he, I, I saw God in the fire. I met, what's your title of this one? Yeah, walk through the fire. I met the oh, Savior, met the in, savior the fire. in the fire. Yeah, but yeah. Then, like, but then you go on and you move away from the fire and mm-hmm. you forget and i guess we'll technically get into that soon with uh mm-hmm. probably daniel in chapter six ish or so mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. not forgetting god mm-hmm. and the fire in the past whatever mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i feel like if you could have had four points maybe it didn't fit this text or maybe it's later on but yeah remembering the fire i think is the thing we often forget afterwards later on you know yeah okay we we realized that mm-hmm. you know the fire existed and we realized that mm. we had to speak truth to the fire and then we met the savior in the fire mm. and then we moved on and went on with our <laughs> life and yeah. we kind of forget that's good i think uh angie keesley real involved member at our church she has counted oh. rocks right have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she carries around little rocks in her pocket mm-hmm. to remind her of what, Gino, for purpose of the rocks. It's like mm. God's faithfulness, but I don't remember the, the details. Wow. It's like a Nebuchadnezzar of some kind. It's like her own little Nebuchadnezzar. Not Nebuchadnezzar. What's it called? Uh, Ebenezer. Ebenezer. <laughs> Ebenezer. I'm like, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm mixing up. I'm like, uh, my uh, <laughs> Daniel story and, and the other oh, one. Wow. So Ebenezer is when they would oh. stack the stones to remember God's faithfulness. Oh, yeah. So she's oh, doing something like that. Can you explain that's it? Pretty what, cool. what she's doing? No, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I remember. I vaguely remember the story, but I also remember another mm-hmm. athlete that did that. Uh, mm. uh, the guy that played for the Washington team. I can't remember the quarterback. Mm. He did that. Mm-hmm. I saw his home. He, he was stacking out rocks. He said it was a, a biblical reference. I just can't. I just yeah. vaguely remember it. I, I don't know the whole yeah. story. 
Well, all that to say, we see these little quirky things that, that people, other people might do. I think it's really good for us as believers to, to make personal memorials to God's faithfulness. So to, to drive home what Joey was saying. That's so good. To like personally remember, man, remember and tell the story and, you know, mark it. I don't know, you know, have an art piece, have a, Yes. For a long time, I saved a, a piece of, uh, I still got it somewhere. I'm just a hoarder, so I don't know where it is. But uh, I had a piece from our house fire at, as a Ebenezer, as a memorial to God's faithfulness. Like, God mm-hmm. saved us through the fire. You know, here's this little piece. Um, wow. And uh, I think that's a good thing to do, whether it's telling the story to people or just remembering in prayer as you praise God for his faithfulness. But that's a good, that's a good fourth point, Joey. I like that. Me too. Remember All his right. faithfulness in the fire. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be a fourth point or a, a sermon in a couple of weeks, I guess. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, there was something I wrote down, and I don't know where I put it. Hmm. What else about this point? You talked about throwing out the rubbish. Throwing out the rubbish. Yes. 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 The yes. That, line. that Greek word is, is definitely, I would say a curse word, but. <laughs> scuba line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I've done a sermon before, uh, or not a sermon. I think it was a lesson, maybe Sunday school lesson. It was like, what makes Paul cussing mad? It's a really interesting study to, to look up all the places that Paul cusses. So this is oh, one of the man. places where Paul cusses. He says yeah. scubalon, which would be, uh, I'll try not to say it overly vulgar in English. We'd say maybe poop, something yeah, like yeah. that, right? Scum or poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he says basically all his old strengths he counts now as loss, right? Which could be something burned up in fire or poop, scuba on, <laughs> uh, rubbish, counting as trash. And so I was trying to make the connection that this is a process too. Like, so mm-hmm. we have these events where we go through the fire, God burns away impurities, and we're reminded how faithful God is. But we also, it's also kind of an ongoing process in our life where we keep looking at these things that we're maybe relying on too much and we pick, pick up that trash and we count it as loss. So Paul's kind of expressing this, this like one time event where he's looking back and he no longer counts those things as saviors in his life. Right. But he's also expressing it as an ongoing, I'm trying to somehow attain, he says, uh, by any means possible that I might attain, attain. from the resurrection yeah. of the dead, that mm-hmm. by the power of his resurrection, I share in his suffering. So he's, He's kind of saying, I've looked back and I throw away this junk. And then I'm also looking forward, like, my life's going to still be an ongoing story of suffering. And that's that's me attaining the resurrection power of Jesus, which just really struck me. I think it struck me really hard as a young man because I am a pain avoider, you know, like I think all human beings are, all animals are. And it just struck me, oh, that those are opportunities to supernaturally receive the resurrection power of mm. Jesus. Mm. Um, I just love Paul's theology of, of suffering. I think it's pretty amazing. Mm. And, at the, and one thing I do like about that one, uh, specifically, his everything, quote unquote, is everything that seems to define him before encountering Christ. Um, mm. These are all the mm-hmm. things that will give him identity. And mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. able to, and this is some serious identity. Like this is not, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is some really deep seated yeah. stuff. So this mm-hmm. is nothing uh, to sneeze at when you start looking at his, when he kind of goes mm-hmm. through his resume, man, th- yeah. this was, this was, yeah. this was extreme, you know, to, for yeah, him yeah, to yeah. say that this is very extreme given 
the resume that he mm-hmm. had. So, um, mm-hmm. to put it to, like to kind of really grasp the significance of that, knowing mm-hmm. how deep seated, uh, all those different elements of his life were, whew, man, mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. that's that you count that as trash. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. that is, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like I've got I've got like two PhDs. Right. And he's like I don't know I don't just have two PhDs, right. but I was like the most vicious student in my class. Right. Top and of not class. just that, but I I studied at Harvard. You know, it wasn't yeah, just yeah, any yeah. PhD. It wasn't just a male, you know, online PhD. This was the actual Harvard. And, you know, yeah. and then he's like, and I came from the tribe. You know, a I was a family. part of this I mean, top a tribe, the best family, you know, however we'd say that in our yeah. best party, best political affiliation, whatever it was. Um, yeah, he just goes on and on and on. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. He's like, no, nah, it's all poop. Man, it's, oof, that helps. Compared, that compared helps to you get perspective. Compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. That's the, Man. it's the surpassing worth of, it's the overshadowing, the glory our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Is that, oh, is that in Romans? Is that Corinthians? Where is that? Corinthians? Second Corinthians, Corinthians, I believe. I don't remember where that is, but it's the same concept. He's yeah. like, the glory oh, yeah, of Jesus. Is not, can't compare incomparable mm-hmm. to the glory. Yeah, that's definitely Second Corinthians. Uh, Second Corinthians? Yeah. So it's this comparison thing, right? Like the glory of my future with God is so awesome. Ooh. I can't even compare like my sufferings right now are no big deal because I'm I'm gonna be with Jesus and and he's also comparing then here he, it's a similar comparison it's like Jesus versus the other stuff that I thought made me great and that stuff just kind of seems stupid now compared to Jesus. Man, that's deep. Mm. Mm. Well, and not just that I get to be with Jesus later, but that I have him mm. now with me in the fire. Yes, right? yeah. Mm. Meet your Savior in the fire. So yeah, that's why I was trying to wed those together. Again, I I basically preached two sermons this week, so I apologize for everybody that <laughs> doesn't like hour long sermons. Did you did you break the rules of one big uh, idea? Did you break the rules? Yeah. I think I had seventeen ideas. <laughs> Well, it was the one big idea of suffering, and I just kept cramming in other cross references from the New Testament. So, uh, yeah. I think it, I think it works. That's out. right. That's yeah. what happens when you try and do whole chapters yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. it gets you. Mm. It's tough, man. I've listened to a couple of guys preaching that break Daniel up into pieces, but they're just. They're still kind of, well, they're like doing two sermons that, that are the same sermon, you know? So I'm like, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, you have to, to do it. the narrative. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so you weird. You have to tell the story. It's yeah, hard you to tell the story. story. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the end of your notes say this world's been on fire since our first parents told God they wanted to live without him. Mm. And so could you talk to us about Father Adam and Mother Eve? Mm. Ah, good phrase, Joey. I'm glad you used that phrase. <laughs> Thanks. Mm. <laughs> I used that phrase the other day, dear listeners, and Joey gave me a hard time for it. Uh, so, has anyone ever heard the phrase <laughs> "Father Adam and Mother no, Eve"? It sounds, really, it sounds really cultish, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds really weird, doesn't it? Like Father Abraham, yeah. I've heard it. I get that, it. There's a song about it. I think that's Father me Adam being and overly poetic. That that was like me slipping into like yeah, singer songwriter mode or something. Yeah, it didn't work. Okay, I forget. Well, of course you have Autumn. Uh, nice. uh, Autumn started it. Go! Thanks. Uh, Stick up for me, wife. She's such a good woman. You get to. She's she a good woman. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, so, Just kidding. I don't look at the comments. Yeah. She. Uh, so, yeah, our first parents. I think, 
tying it back around, although I don't think I shared that note in the sermon, but it's in my notes. <laughs> I just see it in your notes, and I had to yeah, say Father no, Adam good. and Mother Eve. <laughs> the, it's, it's the replaying again. You know, Babel was replaying this, we'll make a name for ourselves. We don't want God. We want us, you know, and that, that sets the world on fire. Adam and Eve, you know, sin, death, despair, everything's broken because Adam and Eve said, we don't want God. We don't want the relationship with God to obey him. We want to do things our way. We want to be like God. They listened to the lie of the serpent. And my, my philosophy is that we all replay that. We all do that, you know? Yeah. And so the only hope out of that is a God who, you know, reverses that curse, comes down, you know, builds the tower from heaven down to earth through the cross and comes to get us mm-hmm. and saves us through Jesus. And so, oh, um, you teased that a little bit too with when you referenced Acts and with the Tower of Babel and Acts. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have time, but you teased that a little bit. I thought that was really good too. It's really cool. I've heard several teachers teach on this, and you know, you've got like gathering and scattering. You've got um, the name of man versus the name of God. You know, so in Babel, the scattering was a forcing them to do what they didn't want to do, but mm-hmm. he'd commanded them to. God wants <laughs> us to scatter and spread his name in the world, to spread paradise and to spread his glory. But mankind said, no, we're going to clump and build our glory. And they built the tower. And so Nebuchadnezzar is kind of replaying some of that when he's building the tower for himself. But Acts is reversing that by mm-hmm. saying, no, you will spread, but you'll spread speaking the name of God yeah. in all the different languages. Because when God spread them in Babel, he confused their languages. So they couldn't be united in language anymore. They had to spread, but they lacked, They lost their unity, right? And so there's like a reversing of, of all these pieces that's really cool in uh, mm-hmm. Acts 2, well, the Pentecost story in Acts. So they now have the ability to speak the language of God, which is interesting because... So when you look at 1 Corinthians 14 and it talks about the speaking of the in languages, languages yeah. tongues and stuff, Paul says the whole point is like that people would be convicted and follow Jesus. Like yes, that's the point. That's so the don't point. get caught up in, in weird displays of strange speaking. Mm-hmm. Speak the gospel to people. That's the point. And that's what you actually see at Pentecost. They were speaking the gospel to people. Mm-hmm. They were speaking the gospel in languages that other people we're speaking, and that was that was the miracle was that mm-hmm. that restoration of of language for the name and fame of God. You know, instead of the name, man, the so fame good. of man. That's a, yeah, it's a great story. When you, I mean, it's a cool story anyway in Acts, but when you compare it to Babel, it's really cool. Absolutely. Ministry that does cool stuff with us. Faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. Such a cool ministry mm-hmm. about preaching the gospel to people in their language. Yeah. So I can't. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine Pentecost ministry. Like, mm-hmm. Oh man, mm-hmm. I can't even. Yeah, imagine. they are. Have you talked to? We have a partner, a buddy in Guatemala that has partnered with them. He showed me their actual device. They make these devices that can be like cranked. To, yeah, it's like it's, a Bible. You can crank it up. Proclamador. Yeah, Proclamador. A, wow. A proclaimer. It's a little, like a proclaiming yeah. box. So it's like this, mm-hmm. you know, so we would just, you can go online and get from the same group, you can get MP3s of the Bible in all these languages. So we have these devices. But for, for people that live like without technology in remote places, they have these little boxes you can like crank up or they're solar powered or whatever. And they'll play the Bible for people in remote villages. It's really cool. In their native tongue. Yeah, in their native tongue. It's awesome. And that's so cool. 
Well, that was a little bit of a rabbit hole, but <laughs> I guess uh, bef- well, bef- as we end, I guess our encouragement to you are really the main points, right? Don't be surprised by fire. Mm-hmm. When fire comes, speak truth to it, mm-hmm. knowing that the Savior meets you in the fire. Are you? <laughs> well, you got to edit it out. He's, he's, I can't. I can't edit that ASMR out. I was literally talking, and he's like. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's wild over here, man. I'm sorry. Could you repeat okay. those points? I, no, I can't. I literally was ending. You couldn't wait like a minute and a half to eat your food or drink your drink exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Sorry, my my producer right, cool. told me that ASMR is really good. People love it. Mm-hmm. People love it. It's what they're here for. Yeah. Come here for. Yep, yep. Well, I was trying to be sweet and end us up. Well, you guys uh-huh. got anything left to say? Mm. Dave, speak the truth. It. Speak the truth to fire, man. Mm. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. To the okay. false gods, false um, gods. Find out your word. false gods. That's what I'm mm. telling. You. Find mm. those out. Cause I'm 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 writing a list of mine. Mm. That's good. Find them and speak the truth to yeah. them, mm-hmm. and then go find yeah. the real savior, Absolutely. the real God. Amen. And remember him. And then count everything else as rubbish. <laughs> what else can we say that we said already? All right, cool. Well, I'm going to end us. Thanks for tuning in. It's been Sunday Recap. Elliot, thanks for joining Woo-hoo. us. We're sad that you're not with us every week anymore <sighs> and that you're living out of a hotel room in Missouri. But yeah. you're always welcome here. Man, so thank you yep. guys. join us when you can. For everybody else, we'll see you uh, on Sunday either at our in person limited seated seating <laughs> gathering on sundays we can fit 50 people in the room social distance you can sign up at begrace.churchcenter.com for your seat or you can join us on the patio outside during the same service at 10:45, or you can join us in the evenings at 7 30 is that yeah, accurate it's still 7 30 i should have bumped it enough yeah it's still 7 30 right, but we'll probably change Sunday the time evenings. soon Mm. at 7.30 in the parking lot Mm -hmm. for the same service, just outside, no limits. Mm. Come and enjoy the rain this Sunday, probably. (laughs) Limitless. Just kidding. Yeah. It actually rained this week when we moved under the patio. We had less people, so we were just under the patio, all of them. Normally, it's just the band under the patio and the rest of us on the parking lot. Sweet. Yeah, or you could always join us online mm-hmm. on our Facebook or on our YouTube. We stream and we have a excellent team of people who make sure that that's a very good, pleasant experience. Yeah, so they do. you could find and join our services there. They do a great they job. They really do. All right. Well, we will talk to y'all later. Bye. I can stop my voice recording now. That's probably good. Can you go ahead and edit out all your eating sounds at the end?